Welcome to Geek Therapy. On this episode, Lara talks to us about going to see Alison Bechtel's play Fun Home, and I talk about playing through a very mature game with my very young nephew. Welcome to the Geek Therapy Podcast. Geek Therapy is where we celebrate using this stuff we're passionate about to do some good in the world. I am also at Cardona. I am with Lara Taylor. What's up, Lara? I'm sick. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for being here, <laughs> regardless. I, I'm always here. It's always. true. It's true. It's true. So, Lara, I hear that we live in a world where a person can write a graphic memoir and that memoir can be made into a Broadway show. Yes, and that, we do. And that Broadway show can tour and go to San Francisco. And that Broadway show <laughs> can um, win Tony Awards oh, for yeah. Best Musical. Oh, yeah. That's right. That's right. Uh-huh. So, so, so I'm talking about Fun Home. You went and saw Fun Home yesterday. I'm jealous, even though I live in New York. <laughs> You live in New York, you've had so much time, and I get to go. I wasn't even expecting to go last night. Oh. Um, was it good? We, Did you like it? Yes. Okay. It was amazing. Okay. Uh, I'm totally excited that I'm going again on Valentine's Day. <laughs> <laughs> so, so oh, yeah, I'm double jealous. Did you, so you had read the book beforehand. I read the book. How different is it? A long time ago. It, um, It's been a while since I've read the book. But most of the, like, all of the key scenes are in the book, are, that are in the book are in the, in the musical. So this is, um, this is the Alison Bechtel um, book, graphic memoir, play. Fun Home. Yeah, Fun Home. What, what is Fun Home about? Fun Home is, what did she call it? A tra- tragic comic. Um, it's about her and her father. Um, and her growing up, um, her dad was a closeted gay man, um, and he committed suicide not long after she started college. And so it's her, st- the musical is the story of her writing the comic. Oh, um, I did And not know her that. looking back on it. And part of the comic is her reflecting back on it. Um, and there's been a lot of, um, you can find footage probably on YouTube. I know the original graphic memoir came with a DVD showing her process and like, it's intense. Like she acts, does reference poses and photographs for every person you see on every panel in the book. Um, but the musical, um, was more humorous um then the then the graphic memoir it's also um, more musical it is also <laughs> more musical um i think even alison bechtel said that you know she was skeptical at first when she was approached about doing it as a as a musical but and, and when i heard about it i was like really but it turned out really well um being their opening night in San Francisco was an experience. Alison oh, Bechtel I, d- was I there. didn't know it was opening night. Um, it was opening night in San Francisco. Yeah. Um, Alison Bechtel was there. The, I can't remember her name, but the 
woman who runs the National Center for Lesbian Rights was there. Um, and basically, I want to say 95% of the, the people that were there were, were lesbians. And a lot of them were older because they were in the demographic that grew up reading um, Bechdel's comic strip. Um, not grew up reading, but they, they read... Um, Bechtel's strip Dykes to Watch Out For which was a a political cartoon strip um, that ran I want to say late 80s to the early 2000s and so they were all there and it was just an experience and everybody was so jazzed to be there and like there was cheering and oh it was so fun so so why like for somebody who doesn't know why Alison Bechtel is important or why um, her strip is important, why this book is important. How would you, what would you say to somebody? She's one of, I don't want to say she's one of the first, but she's one of the first lesbian creators to, like comic creators to be recognized by more than just the small community. Um, I mean, it's, this show is touring the country and it's won Tony awards. And one of the, the songs was featured on the Tony awards. Um, and I didn't watch, and that was last year, the year before I didn't watch the awards show that year, but I have friends that watched that. Um, the song they featured was a young Allison singing about the first time she saw a butch lesbian walk into a diner. And it's this like, and this is before she realized she was gay, but in her mind, it was just like, this woman was beautiful. And to quote the song, like, no wait, handsome. Um, and to see something like that on the screen, when you're a group of people in a group of people that doesn't normally get portrayed in a way like that. Um, yeah. Like you saw your, an inner monologue that, that, you know, that a lot of people, probably don't relate to and you saw it on the tonys yes yeah incredible yeah yeah um and the book in general has a lot of themes that are that she talks a lot of and she's very open in in these she's done a couple of graphic memoirs about her life and sometimes i forget when i see her because i've seen her a couple times in person that that is her story and not some characters she created. Yeah. Um, but there's themes of sitting in a car with her dad and both of them know that they're gay and they don't talk about it and they talk about other things and she really wants to talk to him and there's this theme of like regret about not talking to him before he died um, and struggling with... Um, her her feelings about did he do it because of me and because I came out and I'm living the life that he couldn't. Hmm. Um, and and the idea that when he was young or when she was younger, he didn't have, he wasn't a very warm guy and um, their family was different. And not to mention, she grew up in a funeral home. He was a funeral home director. And that's why it's called Fun Home. Um, oh. it's a funeral home. 
Okay. Um, so there's there's some really uh, and the musical brings a little levity to it and and makes it a little more palatable. I mean, in the in the book, there's some like one liners and you kind of chuckle, but um, there's a lot of deep dark stuff in there. You're talking about suicide and coming out and um, her dad was having secret affairs and at one point was um had to go for court mandated treatment because he tried to seduce a 16-year-old boy. Um so yeah, there's a lot of stuff. <laughs> um all packed into what is it like an hour and 45 minute show? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, have you ever have you ever recommended Fun Home to someone like that you thought, wow, you would probably like this might help you out or this might um, make you feel, you know, less alone? Not necessarily. Most of the people that I know that uh, would read, like, would benefit from Fun Home have probably already read it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, well, that's a good point. Uh, Fun Home has been, in my experience, one of those books where people say, I don't read comics, but I read I read Fun Home. You know, just, mm-hmm. because, again, because of the popularity of the, of the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Like, um, like, like Serial. Like cereal. It's the only <laughs> podcast that some people have listened to. It's like it's the only comic some people have read. Well, and it's because she writes, at least when she's doing the memoirs, she writes like an author. Um, it's very word heavy. Um, and there are a lot of pictures, but it definitely, some graphic novels I can blaze through in a night or two. It took me probably a week to read this one. Um and that's reading every night before bed because there's a lot to it. Um, yeah. And her yeah. art is beautiful. So maybe maybe a better question um, from before would have been, like, can you see this book? Can you see potentially giving this book to somebody who might need it? Could you? Yes. Okay. Yes. That, that's a, that is a better question. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and, and when I think about it, if the, in my future as a therapist, I would definitely recommend it to clients. Um, with warnings about some of the material that's inside. Um, but I also work with a population right now that um, usually aren't reading at that kind of reading level. Even though it's a, a graphic memoir, um, it's not, it's pretty, like I said, it's word heavy. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah, I would definitely definitely uh, recommended to people that one and her second book um are you my mother yeah um yeah. which is even more word heavy and very very intellectual and very psychoanalytic really <laughs> yes um and that follows her relationship with her mother um and her trip through different seeing different therapists throughout her life cool you said i mean you told me you you got to meet her yesterday yes i did and yeah i did and when she asked you what you did you told her you were a therapist and she kind of she she laughed a little and smiled so but it sounds like it it sounds like it was a good good smile smile. yeah (laughs) it was a good smile like an understanding like okay i can see because 
she, my wife introduced me to her and she's like, are you a cartoonist too? And I said, no, I'm a therapist. And she, she kind of got how cartoonists and therapists kind of go together. And I, it's, <laughs> it's not, it's not something that I had thought of when I, when I started dating my wife, but you know, um, it, it works. And I see, a lot of a lot of cartoonists have a lot of stuff they're working on in their lives and dealing with. That's part of what a lot of artists in general, but that's part of what makes their art beautiful. So, so. I don't know enough cartoonists to 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 comment on this. I do. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay. Yeah. No. I, I I need to I need to read them. They've been they've been on my list for a long long time. Yeah, the uh, Fun Home came out in like 2006. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, that's awesome. So if, um, if we were to make an entry for that, what would be like the biggest themes for, for Fun Home? And for, and for um, Are You My Mother? I don't even know if we have a tag for it, but like regret and, and dealing with regret. Um, would you say it's regret or shame or guilt. I don't know if shame. Oh, because you mean Maybe specifically guilt. specifically her father. The situation, right? Is yeah. that what you're referring to? Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Um, and the fact that she didn't have that last like conversation with him because she was home less than a month before he died. Gotcha. Um, visiting, and that was her trip to bring her um her girlfriend home to meet her parents. Yeah. Um, and but. A lot of it is also coming out, which we've definitely have in, in the form. And it's like this like realization of, of who she is and growing up and yeah, there's there's so many things in in this um musical. Are you my mother um definitely has mental health services like representation in there. Um obvious she's and there's, I think, as far as I remember in Are You Are My Mother, there are some good experiences with therapy and some not so good experiences with therapy. So, um, and she's very, very honest about and, and open about those experiences. Okay. Um, and, I mean, that also had to deal with, I believe it dealt with... Um, a difficult relationship with her mother. So in both books, it's about dealing with strained relationships with parents. I'm trying to think of what else. It's been a really long time since I've read both books. Gotcha. Yeah, no, and, you know, on the on the issue of regret, that is, I don't, uh, I'll have to see exactly how we have it um, as a category or as a, as a theme. I think we have a category for, like, dealing with difficult emotions, but I think instead of that, we should have, so, like, different, because we do have different emotions, and I think, like, regret is one of those things that it's very different. Oh no! Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah, guilt, way different. So yeah, um, I uh, I've been thinking about that recently. I saw an episode of Steven Universe that handled it so so well. I'm, I'm I'm trying to look it up now. I can't remember the name of it. And but what happens in the episode is that uh, Steven has a friend who named Connie who comes by, and she's really really. She seems 
just kind of sad. And when he, when you find out what happened, it's that she was at school and she, uh, a kid, she accidentally hurt a kid at school and she's been feeling bad about it all day. She's been feeling, she, she regrets having done that. Right. And, and it's, it's very specifically like, she doesn't know what happened afterwards. She doesn't know if the kid was really hurt. She doesn't know what happened to him. She just ran away, but she kept regretting what happened. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it kind of, you know, shows that regret and guilt. And then when she's experiencing that, Stephen helps her get past it. But when he starts talking about it, he starts remembering all of these um, different themes that have come up throughout the show that he feels guilty about, that he's never addressed. And by helping her address them, he starts seeing them going all the way back to feeling responsible for for his mother's death and and oh, it was handled so well. I, I, I can't believe I can't find mm-hmm. what it is here. But yeah, that's definitely something. Uh, I know. Yeah, I don't remember exactly how we have it in the library, but we'll. That's a good. Again, we kept adding themes and and emotions and things. Yeah, and, and <laughs> we things, need to group them. <laughs> yeah, but like, but like, regret is a different thing, and like, we can get rid of like the difficult yeah. emotions because it's kind of oh yeah absolutely vague. But so it's good that we can that we're doing this as yeah we yeah yeah whatever those <laughs> other those a lot of others <laughs> it's part of the problem cleaning yeah. up uh because yeah. you don't want to put a whole tag for like one thing that you think is really Im- important in that one yeah. book or whatever one experience that's super relatable yeah. Yeah, or whatever yeah, yeah. Um, okay also we don't have a category for um as far as format we don't have one for stage shows <laughs> um not to that's Uh, one thing we don't have too many theater geeks in our in our circle so we haven't really had that conversation we should we should add some theater geeks really what other what other shows if you were to add rent okay what else Hmm. but like like in the case of fun home the book is very different from the from the show but rent could i could i just put the movie Theoretically, you could just put the movie, <laughs> but there's, but there is the added experience in being in a stage show and knowing the words and singing the songs with people, and yeah, 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 yeah. yeah um, no, no, rent is good. Um, what else? Shoot, Phantom of the Opera has some stuff in there, but I don't know how we're li- like. I don't. I would have to. I would have to think on that one. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I honestly haven't seen Wicked that many shows. You haven't seen Wicked? No, no. That one is a lot of dealing with being the outsider and dealing with oppression and becoming your own person and not caring what everyone else thinks. And that one was really powerful. And I like cried in that one. Like, oh, and I get chills when I hear the defi- the song Defying Gravity. Yeah, that's... Uh... Can we have a category for soundtracks of musicals? Because I've done more of that than I have actually watched uh, musicals. That's, that's true. That's true. <laughs> no, but that, like Defying Gravity is a perfect example of a song that just on its own, it says so much. Like, I get it. I get the song, even though I haven't seen the, the actual show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, and they sang it like how many <clears throat> times on Glee? They did. They did. <laughs> Oh man, did I make? I've never made any Glee entries, but I could go back. And there's a couple things that I there's could, a that whole I could there's a whole lot. There's a Glee, whole yeah, lot. yeah. 
Glee, I don't care what anybody says, Glee was an important show. It was amazing. I loved it. Yeah. I wonder how timely, like, I wonder if it really is obsolete, the way that, like, the show itself suggested that it might be. Hmm. Because towards the end in the final season, um, like, Kurt comes back to the school and tries to help a gay student deal with high school and the guy's response was like, I'm I'm great. I'm openly gay and I'm on the football team. There things were, aren't things aren't was, like back in the day when you were when you were here. And it's really like five years after. There was an episode <laughs> of Modern Family that was like like that. Um what was That's it? another one. Yeah, yeah. Modern Family's got a few. Oh yeah. Um yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah, there was an episode of Modern Family where um Mitch I think they're chaperoning a dance or something, and he thought that, um, you know, the gay kids were having a hard... This gay kid was having a hard time. Like, he was being bullied. But actually, the gay kid was the bully. And bullying everyone else and being so snobby and, like, talking trash about their clothes and how they look and... Uh. But... Hmm. That I feel like that kind of downplays things. There are still a lot of places where kids get made fun of for being gay. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And it's especially now in the in the kind of climate that's going on in this country. It's um, and that was a theme that came up at Fun Home a lot last night. There were speeches beforehand, and there was a talk after with the actress that plays the adult Allison. And um, with Alison Bechtel and the the woman who runs the National Center for Lesbian Rights, after the show, they sat on stage and did an interview. Um, and it talked about how um, things like Fun Home and thing and some of the other shows we're talking about are very important in the kind of political climate that's going on. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and and for me, it's been weird living in New York City because. On the one hand, I feel like I'm in the future, but you can cross, you know, two streets and suddenly be feel like you're you're three or four decades into the past, mm-hmm. and for a number of reasons, yeah. No, again, like all this stuff, it's important. It matters, <laughs> oh, and all it gives you all the feelings, all of them, all of the all of the feelings. Oh, yeah. Again, I mean, but it's still again, it's it's like it's good. Like we're still like golden age right now because <laughs> we mm-hmm. can touch topics um in a way that that you know just wasn't happening before we could have certain conversations yeah yeah Whew. all right uh the only other thing i want to talk about is a a an experience i've had this week with hmm. uh taking care of my nephew so I really, really wanted to talk to you about this, and uh, I kind of I, I wrote about it in the in the brand new shiny wonderful Facebook group <laughs> that is blowing up. It's been it's been pretty active. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am I've been very happy. I've actually like just stayed back. I read every comment. Just mm-hmm. very happy again, and it is like just the first week, so we're in a honeymoon phase. Right. It'll there but, could be a drop off. Don't let there be a drop off, people. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so so, but it felt so good to be able to bring up something there, and you know, I mentioned it as parental controls, but let me let me tell you what the experience I've had. 
So I'm taking care of my nine-year-old nephew. And he kept talking about how he wanted to watch the TV show The Walking Dead. <laughs> and yeah. <laughs> right. Um, and so, but then um, his mom was like, yeah. So we all sat down and watched, um, we were watching the first season of The Walking Dead. What I didn't realize was that the reason why he wanted to watch The Walking Dead is because really what was happening is that he was watching Let's Plays of the of the Telltale video games. Hmm. Okay? So this is, again, like this is, stay with me here. <laughs> He's never played The Walking Dead, which is a super mature game. Yes. Even okay? though it looks kind of cartoony, it's a super mature game. <laughs> Listen, you don't realize how much they curse in that game until you and, play it yeah. with a nine-year-old next yeah. to you. <laughs> yeah. I guess, it's yeah, a- I would be kind of immune to it <laughs> by now. Yeah, like for for us, it's like, but then, and then seeing him play, like I let him, okay, so, so, so I want to talk about the experience of allowing him to play the game for the first time after he already saw Let's Plays of the entire game. He knows, he knows multiple endings. He knows every character. He's seen it all the way through. And when he, when I, 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 I was like, well, let me just log into my account, download the game and let's play it. So it was it was so so weird to see him um, again. To, 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 uh, first of all, allow him to play something which is probably less. I don't know if it's less mature or more mature than the games that he plays. But my nephew is definitely um, like many 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 kids. You know, their parents aren't really paying attention to mm-hmm. what they're playing. They've got really violent games. Um, they're they're constantly shooting things. Right. Um, and and for for context, my nephew uh, gets really good grades. He's doesn't get in trouble at school. I didn't have to tell him to make his bed or brush his teeth a single time. Okay, that's okay. that's as far as I'll go on the characterization of this kid. Right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Not like I'm super worried about him or anything. Um, and I and and this type of game does not like there there are way more important things in your life that affect behavior and all sorts of other stuff right that's that's just that let that caveat mm-hmm. put that caveat out there um so i'm so i'm 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 sitting with him and i'm playing the game and i had never played an adventure game that had essentially like a moral code right or, or moral situations throughout and it was amazing to be able to ask him why he did something every time he did it so you used him as an experiment. <laughs> absolutely, one hundred percent. He was my guinea pig, and uh, he enjoyed every minute of it. So, so I wrote down a few a few notes. Right, um, definitely. Again, like the cursing thing, it's like one of the options is calm down, and then he. So he chose like he chose Asley to say calm down to the group or to somebody who was there mm-hmm. instead of something else. Right, but then Lee actually says calm the fuck down. <laughs> so it's one of those things where I'm like, ooh, okay, okay. Uh, so, so again, the cursing was uh, incredible. But again, not worse than TV shows or other games that he's playing. Super mature game. And I never, I had never really thought about kids, not maybe even if they're not allowed to play the mature game, but having gone through an entire Let's Play of the game online. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, I was thinking about how they're going through a Let's Play with a 
you know, if if you're seeing the 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 YouTuber as a guide for the game, that the range of quality or or or, or exactly what's going on in terms of commentary is insane because some people are just making noises and 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 making and trying to do funny stuff while other people like some of the some other websites are are doing maybe some commentary Mm -hmm. like waypoint recently did was doing a let's play on um uh for read-only memories and i'm sure they weren't making fun of the game or anything like that because they're they would have done it more serious than somebody would have would have done it on on youtube proper so that okay so I, I wrapped my head around that so i'm playing with him so there were a few things that were pretty interesting they got me to think a few different things one is just in general about parental controls <laughs> <laughs> right again like even so i i went and i set up an account for him and i i i saw you know i've i've i had walked people through this in the past but i had never done it for someone in my own family and how you can really lock down even the amount of time that is played the exact content Mm -hmm. and things like that but then to think that again even then you'd have to lock down every single other device so they couldn't access any of that stuff i'm sitting i'm sitting with him and he's making these decisions and there were moments there are moments in those telltale games you know where it's timed Right, we've mm-hmm. talked about this in the past, where it's time, and you have two big choices. Like you have to, and and they're pretty important choices. So it was so funny because he would freak out and he would say, like, "What do I do? What do I do? What do I do?" And I told him, "I'm I'm not going to to tell you what to do. Um, it's your choice, and and so the consequence is is a, it's a consequence." to a choice that you made. I don't want you to come back later and say, oh, it was something that you did. So we talked about making choices and having consequences. And then that was a theme throughout the entire week that we've been together. When hmm. we talk about something that happened in school, it's like, hey, you know, it's like in the game when you make, remember, you have choices and then there are consequences. Oh, you're right. A few different times he would make a decision and then he wanted to undo it. <laughs> and I th- <laughs> and in most games, right, he 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 could just um, restart the level or go back. Not and I told this him, There's one. No, nope, no take backs. So he had to deal with the with the the ramifications of his decisions. And we had some really great conversations where he's like, "I feel really bad for what I did with Ben, you know, one character." Mm-hmm. Right? It's like, why? It's like, well, in the moment, I thought it was better to do this. But then I felt really bad because I actually liked him a lot and I was kind of nervous and I just hit the, and I think I hit the wrong button. I don't think that's what I really wanted to do. So we're able to have these great conversations about an important, you know, a a decision that, that had some weight uh, to it. So I just, I I pretty much just asked him why after every single thing that he did. (laughs) And some of the, some of the more interesting things that I heard him say were, Things like, oh, um, no, I'm not going to do that other thing because I want to make sure that Clementine is safe. And he had like this, he was really protective of Clementine. He like got hmm. into the role of of Lee and he really, he didn't want to be an ass. He really wanted to make sure <laughs> that Clementine was safe. And if something bad happened to Clementine, he felt bad about it. And he felt sad, and and if another character was kind of mean to Clementine, he would get he would uh, it, it would it would bother him. So he started playing this role, you know, among the choices that he had. And I was watching really really closely, and he seemed to be really uh, concerned and trying to be a good person. Where again, like if he's he's he mostly plays shooters, 
So there, he never has these these options, right? This is a completely new experience to him, and it mm-hmm. was—I don't know—it felt, I was, I felt a sense of pride, you know, that he had this option to be a dick and he chose not to be, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, even though, even though he's he's very much a, a a young boy, he's very silly, but um, his affection for for Clementine was was awesome. Yeah, I mean, just a lot of situations, a lot of moments like that, that that kept me thinking, and and really, it allowed us to reflect on a type of game that he he wouldn't have played otherwise, and also he would have never played the game if he hadn't seen it on YouTube first, <laughs> which is kind of weird. Um, oh, one thing, he's he's still young, so there's a lot of dialogue going on. So I told him, hey, uh, let's try something. So I put the subtitles on, and he really liked it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's obviously a way for him to practice his reading. That's the first and, time I put, first thing I do in every game is put the subtitles on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> does it make, is it improving your reading level? <laughs> no, no. Um, I, 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 it's I easier always play for me to follow. Too. It's easier for me to follow, especially if there's other things going on. Um, oh yeah, in yeah. the apartment. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do the same thing. So for me, it was a natural, a natural thing to like. It was weird to not have the subtitles on. <clears throat> so I told him that, and he was able to, to to read the words, which I think is just it's it's one of those small things where it's like your kid doesn't want to read ever, but put subtitles on his game so he can at least you know practice some reading. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. We had other really good moments, like. Uh, just yesterday, someone called someone else a junkie. So again, because I'm right next to him, he he asked me, like, "Hey, what's a junkie?" So you know, we had <laughs> good conversation, lots of great conversations. But I don't know. But it's it's just I I keep thinking about how valuable those moments are. You know, but the key how- is that you were there and you were exactly. a responsible adult having a conversation with him about it. I know. I know. Um, I've known. I I have friends that um, their parents let them do whatever they watch, whatever they wanted, read whatever they wanted as growing up as kids, and I th- it worked for them because they had a parent that would talk to them about it afterwards or prepare them for something beforehand. Um, yeah. Some kids can handle things that other kids the same age and the same um, the same gender and same demographic, but there's something inside that is not the same and they are more sensitive or more, um, I don't know. They, I mean, my, my coworker, she's got uh, an 11-year-old boy and a girl that just turned 10. Um, and the boy who's older is such a wuss when it comes to scary movies and things. Um, and he won't go on roller coasters or whatever. Um, but the younger one, the girl, she will, um, she'll go on roller coasters. She'll be the first one to like try and scare you. And, and she laughs at like going to like haunted houses and things and watch scary movies. Um, so each kid is different and the parent has, or the, if not just the parent, just an adult that they know and trust has to be able to like break it down with them after. 
um, yeah. and explain things and help them make sense of what they've seen because there's some really adult stuff in some of these things. <laughs> there's one scene. Um, I've actually I've played I've played episode one. Um, I mean season one. This will be essentially. I mean I sat through the whole thing, so this is now the third time I've seen the whole game through. But there's a part where one character commits suicide, and mm. and I was you know you know again this is this is not easy right? right this was this was it's like a 10 hour game it was you know it i understand it's it's hard to take the time it's hard to you know sit there and and <clears throat> not do other stuff uh so like i'm i've never i've never uh judged parents for this right i mean it's it's super hard but like you said this was a an experiment so when that happened right it's like uh it's like chapter four or episode four where katya um i don't know spoilers right so the mm-hmm. character <laughs> commits suicide and then so he didn't understand what had happened so i started asking him questions i'm like so he's like oh i think it was this character and shot her from from the side and oh. we couldn't see her he, c- like, he couldn't oh. even process that someone would yeah. do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was so I didn't. I didn't go into it. I didn't. You know, mm-hmm. I w- I want to be there to interpret his feelings to help him understand what's happening. But to him, it wasn't. He wasn't questioning why a character killed herself. He, he was wanted, just. He was confused about why she died. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like who? Who, who exactly did it? So that was one moment where I, I debated what to do, but I just. I let it go. I yeah, did not. I did yeah, not go into. Don't want to be the one to yeah. bring the idea of that. suicide <laughs> to. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Tell your mom what we talked about yesterday. <laughs> mom. Yeah. Yeah. I learned about and suicide. <laughs> not a I know. kid. I know. Yeah. And and it's 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 one of those things where like where you watch the uh, Disney movie when you were little and then you watch it when you're an adult and you're like whoa I didn't get that yeah now I get that mm-hmm. and and again this is something that's extremely obvious but you don't see her pulling the trigger and I mean we know that she committed suicide but he didn't understand it so it was it was fascinating I mean um, I'm I'm trying to look over my notes I realize I didn't write and down yet half there the are stuff kids I want to talk about that, that, but that, yet there are kids his age who have had family members or friends or whatever yeah. whoever who have done that and it would be really hard for them to see and those kids need the responsible adult to help them too yeah or but at least again it's it's one of those things where that's a conversation starter like right if that's a game that if they're already playing it and that comes up mm-hmm. um guess what we can we can we can talk about that now and and it, it you know it shouldn't be necessarily an easy conversation Mm-hmm. But it was I don't know I've I've been like I've been it's just been fascinating. He finished season one, and even though I felt a little dirty about letting him play through the whole thing, I was like, yeah, let's start season two. <laughs> <laughs> because because interestingly, um, he he had so much affection and he felt so much for um, like he seemed to feel a lot of empathy for for Clem's situation. And when the game ended, he was really sad. Hmm. Um. And I was curious how he'd feel because I I cried the first two times I played, but I and I watched him and he he was really sad about about um, you know about what happens at the end, and but he was he he kept saying oh man Clementine is such a cool character I hope I get to play as her later 
<laughs> and, and so and so on a whole other level, it's like, wow, this nine-year-old boy wants to play. Oh, this is this is like a meta part of it. Uh, Clementine is nine years old in the game, mm-hmm. so so I'm thinking about this, right? Like, oh, Clementine is the same age as as he is right now. So he's again. So then he started season two, and he was all excited because he was able to play as Clementine. All sorts of twisted, messed up stuff happened there too, but he. He knows, like, he's all he, he's aware of season three, where it's like, oh, you can play as Clementine and Javier. Like, he he knows it one hundred percent. He just watches it on his tablet. But I, I don't know. I think I think it was really valuable to be able to sit with him, and and kind of process so much of of that stuff. And I don't remember ever playing a game. Like, do you remember playing any game when you were younger that was like had such adult material? Mm, Wolfenstein 3D going and shooting Nazis <laughs> but not like no this story. no I don't yeah. remember I don't remember there being games like that yeah and, and if you're still listening to this and you don't know <laughs> if you never played this game um, The Walking Dead is an adventure game so it's essentially you're choosing options from a conversation wheel Right where uh, you see a character, they have an opportunity to to respond to something, and then you choose one of three or four options, and and it's really like you know what what they used to call point and click adventures, like you're moving around and looking for something, and it's a puzzle game too. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I I was I, I I couldn't get him to play Portal. I really wanted him to play Portal, <laughs> and he was like, "How do you kill people with a portal gun? I don't understand." <laughs> I was like, oh, come on, let's just give it a try. But but Walking Dead, he was able to get into it, even though it's not a shooter at all. There's there's something that resembles shooting sometimes in the game, but for the most part, and again, as, it's a, it's an adventure game. As a kid, I played a lot of the adventure games, like that, the point and click adventure games. Uh, Sierra Games was like my yeah. go to. Like I would play King's Quest and Police Quest, Space Quest, uh, uh, Gold Rush. I mean, there was like a Monkey Island that was Lucas, but um, but all of those games, those were like my favorite. But there was nothing so adult about it. I mean, most of them were little eight bit graphic things, and you couldn't tell what everything looked like anyway. And yeah, sometimes you killed somebody or whatever, but there was no language or yeah. Um, I mean, and and The Walking Dead is not like oh one of those games. Like The Walking Dead was a big deal when it came out. Yeah, I don't know four years ago because of of everything we're talking about. It was very adult <laughs> yeah. themed. It was it was a serious um, story. Yeah, but I mean, and then even though it feels gra- like yeah, you're in a world full of zombies, but it doesn't feel fantastical. <laughs> you know, it's not like you could have similar themes in an, in a like a square RPG, but it's not um, it's not the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. And, and you know the point of it be looking cartoonish like maybe he's been watching it on his iPad and maybe his parents saw that it looked like a cartoon so they yeah. you know were like meh. But I don't know. Again, we know that most parents don't don't see what kids are watching. I deal with so many parents that um complain about what their kids are watching or playing but yeah. then we'll go and buy them Grand Theft Auto. Mm-hmm. And they're like eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I don't. Once again, some kids may be able to handle that, but you gotta like talk to them about it. Um, 
and and kind of process what's going on in the game with them. Um, and I always recommend if anyone is, has any question about what their kid is watching or reading or playing, watch it with them. Read it with them. Play it with them. Or do it beforehand and then do it with them. Um, yeah. yeah. So that you know what your kid is absorbing. Yeah. Um, I mean, and but it, it's so different to like you could get Grand Theft Auto and then I've 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 seen so many kids who they they don't play the story. No. Right? And now there's the online version, right? So a lot of kids only play online or they'll only use it as a sandbox. Mm-hmm. And so to a certain extent as a sandbox, I mean, yeah, you can do all sorts of crazy stuff, but without that narrative, there's really no 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 context to it. So it, it really again just a sandbox. Like I could create a horrible narrative about in Minecraft how you're destroying the environment, literally, mm-hmm. and uh, and killing animals and 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 all this sort of and stuff. Po- and Pokemon, the horrible <laughs> Pokemon, narrative about you're yeah. capturing animals in little balls and forcing and them to fight. Them. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and and sending them off for research and. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but but that isn't necessarily. But that isn't the narrative, right? The narrative no. is Pokemon are your friends. <laughs> Exactly. Catch them all so you can have a bunch of friends. Yeah, and it's a legendary. Yeah, so I don't know. Again, like I've I've been thinking a lot, a lot about it. I have too much data to to process <laughs> properly. Um, after having played through 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 the entire first game with a kid that small, again, it feels it feels weird, but he's already exposed to it. So I'm I'm at least glad that I was able to sit with him and. And go through all that stuff. I don't know. I don't think I could do. Again, it's just like it's such a straight narrative. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I don't know. I just I just wanted to. It's yeah. It's very different dealing with this stuff when you're with a kid. I mean, I I think I remember talking when we talked about Deadpool months and months ago. Um, hmm. When I went to see Deadpool, there were so many young kids in line, <laughs> and I'm yeah. just like. These parents don't realize that this is like an adult movie. I yeah. it's rated R. It's not like going to see the Avengers or whatever. Um and I mean there's nothing that ruins the mood of laughing about a condom joke in in a movie <laughs> than hearing a little 8-year-old behind you giggling about a condom joke that they hopefully didn't understand. Hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> You got some explaining to do when you get home. Yeah. Which it's fine if there's someone that can help them talk about it and <laughs> process it. I guess it's fine. It depends. I don't know. That movie was so is so amazing but so wrong on so many levels. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when I was when I was my nephew's age and younger, I remember getting up in the middle of the night and watching TV. And that's pretty much the only time I remember being like watching something unsupervised. And you were also so limited. I can't, I, I, I think back, I wonder what I would have watched if I had a tablet and I had access to everything. My friend and I watched things unsupervised and listened to music unsupervised. Um, it was a big deal when I wanted, my friend got a CD with explicit lyrics and I wanted it. <laughs> um, I I wanted um, Gangsta's Paradise by Coolio. I yeah. wanted that CD, and um, my dad said no, but I could have 
the the single the single yeah um but um and i think i was like 10 or 11 at that time probably 11 um yeah i don't know my parents we like when i was a kid we watched robin hood prince of thieves and there's a scene like in the beginning where they cut off the dude's hand and like my (laughs) my my sister would it's my sister's favorite movie like favorite movie ever and i saw it recently it does not hold up (laughs) yes it does at all no no it does not it does i watched it like a couple years ago i have the director's cut but like there's a scene where he cut they cut off his hand and she like would cover my eyes during that part and then i could watch the rest of the movie um which was interesting because kevin costner is butt naked in the water in one scene they don't show too much because he's really far away but um, they didn't want me to see a guy's hand getting cut off, yeah. but um, the rest of it was okay. And I vaguely remember watching, like, sh- like in living color, a uh, comedy show, like a sketch yeah. show. But yeah. like, when I was late, at, I would stay up late at night to watch that because I had a TV in my room. When I was, I always had a TV in my room. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. When I was older, I had a TV in my room. Yeah, yeah I remember thinking, "Oh, I, wa- I watched South Park late at night." It's like, yeah, it was something like that. I was ooh. like, "Ooh, I'm watching something," or I'd watch Mad TV. Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah. And that TV and was think so it good. Was, yeah, yeah. Um, but I and I and I didn't think I like at some point I thought I was getting away with it. Like I was like sneaky about it. But honestly, I think my parents just knew I could handle it, and if I, that I would talk to them. Because we talked about a lot of things, so that if something bugged me or I didn't, like, either I wouldn't get it or I would ask them about it. Kind of like <laughs> with the with the junkie thing with your nephew. Like, I have two cousins who, who whose parents were actually strict about it and did not allow them to watch TV unsupervised and it was super limited. And I thought that they were just really weird. Yeah, I don't know. It's part, it's a part of growing up, but I don't know. I feel I feel good about being able to help and process some of that stuff. And again, um, just using being able to use that stuff uh, as as life lessons. You know, mm-hmm. like again, just the, the whole consequences, the choice and consequence thing was was so clear there. <laughs> you know, like make this decision for me. No. <laughs> Nope. Can I do over? No, you cannot do over. There's no do overs in life. That's right. That's right. And then we got into some really. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, and and uh, I think I think I'll end with this. I he was telling me about how he regretted, like he really regretted that one decision, and I I'm pretty sure he he asked me. He was like, "Hey, do you? Hey, Theo, do you ever? Did you ever?" Do something that you regretted. Wow. And I was like, huh. And then we had this conversation. And I was talking about like, oh, yeah, I remember those once. Like, I, I tried to think of a time around his age and something I mm-hmm. still remembered. And we talked about it. And the next day, he told me, hey, Dio, could you tell me more about um, that, that thing that happened to you with the kid? Um, I felt I was thinking about it. And I felt bad. And I was like, for, who do you feel bad for? I was like, well, for both of you. I was like, oh. why? I was like, well, because um, I think you were mean, and but I feel bad because then you didn't have that friend to play with 
Like, what happened to him? And we got into this whole conversation, like a whole serious conversation, and it stemmed from what happened to Ben at the clock tower. Hmm. Uh, and I don't know. I feel, and, and I feel this is maybe the, the, the biggest takeaway is that I feel that I know him so much better now because we shared an experience that wasn't just point and shoot. It was um, in, insightful, right? Like I got some insight into the way he thinks and to why he did things and, and the way he feels about some things. Again, just, we're just talking about one game, but it's lots of hours. And, mm-hmm. and I've, I've been playing with uh, interactive fiction lately, um, like systems like Twine, where you can make a game like essentially a choose your own adventure. Right. And and I I love how how they allow for not only a lot of learning and and because because there's a lot of immediate feedback kind of like in the walking dead you do something immediately you see the fallout. But the um I like the the idea of being able to set up uh, a situation from different perspectives and different points of view and having different alternatives and seeing how they can each play out and and this is, you know, a a, a great example of it. I'll see. I'm, I'm messing around with some stuff. Hmm. All right. Now now I feel like I'm rambling. And uh, Well, you are rambling. Talk to, talk to us to death. I, I do that. I do that. Anything else? No, I think I think we covered it all today. I think we did cover it all today. We covered a lot of so, stuff. Yeah. We did cover a lot of stuff. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of sick too, so I'm, I feel like I was all over the place. Ultimately, I am satisfied with our conversation. And I'm very satisfied with the Facebook group. So check out the Facebook group. Um, It's just got like a really long number. So I'll put it in the show notes. And yeah, come back to to Geek Therapy for more Geek Therapy, (laughs) where we celebrate (laughs) uh, using the stuff that you're passionate about to do some good in the world. And I hope you enjoyed our conversation. We have other podcasts on a Geek Therapy podcast network. (gasps) We have a new show. What? That's, at, that, that's joining. Yes. I'm going to announce it next week. Yeah. Ooh. I'm so excited. It's a really good fit. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so that's going. So we got Psych Tech and Headshots and Rolling for Change. And damn, I mean, it, this has gone on for a long time, but definitely check out Rolling for Change. I was having a conversation with the host of that show, Woody Harris, and we had this great conversation about how he, really what he wants to do with that show is talk about how we can have transformational experiences mm-hmm. in games, how like within a game, you can learn something about yourself or you can see the world differently. And I think that's going to be really challenging, but I think that's, that's a, that's a very worthy. <laughs> it's a noble cause. <laughs> it's a very noble cause. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I, I don't know. I've been thinking about that again, playing with my nephew and, and how that experience of us playing together, maybe I think we had moments that were special enough that mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if a few years down the line we come back to it. Where it's like, hey, you remember that time we, we spent the whole week playing through The Walking Dead? I do. <laughs> I do. <laughs> when I was nine years it's, old. <laughs> when you were nine years old. All right. So for more Geek Therapy, go to geektherapy.com. And we will be back next week. 